Please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, send your spirit upon us today that as we continue to reflect on your word that has come to us in this time, as we continue to think about the life that you have called us to live, we pray that you would help us to live it according to your word, by your spirit, and with your strength, that we might be good news for others, and that we might see you as good news for all. In Jesus' name, amen. So what gives with John? I mean, it's, it's about six chapters from where we were, well, it's actually about eight chapters from where we were last week with John baptizing at the River Jordan, strong and bold, and calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you brood of vipers, who told you you could just show up and, 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 and have everybody praise you? <laughs> Do something worthy of repentance, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Uh, that kind of boldness was, was what is what characterizes John the Baptist for most of us uh, uh, in, in and when we think about John, uh, I think that's the image that, that I have that comes to mind. Uh, out in the wilderness, doing the baptisms, speaking the truth no matter who is in front of him, not afraid to, to proclaim, God has called me for a purpose. I am doing my best to make sure that I fulfill that and nothing will get in my way. <laughs> and now this week, where is John? Does that sound like John this week? He's, he's trapped, right? He's in prison. And, and not only is he in prison physically, but he's questioning. He's doubting. He's wondering, did I somehow miss this? Because this is not a... What, what changes is his situation, right? When, when things turn out not the way you expected. I don't think John thought that when he was out baptizing and preparing the way and pointing disciples to follow Jesus, that that was going to lead to him being locked in a cell in, Her in, in Herod's palace. But that's where he is. We never know what following our call leads us to. And and we have in mind that it leads to really great things, right? <laughs> if I follow Jesus, that will mean really good things for me. That's, I think that's what we start off with. Um, the reality is that if you read the scriptures, that's almost never the case. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble. And I'm not here to say doom and gloom, doom and gloom. That's not what this message is about either. It's to say something entirely different, but we have to get there through what actually happens to people like us and to people like John the Baptist they, that, that, that get closed in, like we were talking with the kids about, so that the only thing we can see is something so narrow, so tiny, so close up, so touchable for us that we can't get away from it. And we, we think 
Why isn't God in this little thing? Because that's the only thing that matters to us right now. That's where John is. Why isn't Jesus coming to my rescue to, to free me from this prison? Why, what is he doing? <laughs> isn't that what the Messiah is supposed to do to save me? So John says, are you the one or should we look for another? You know, when we, when we read that uh, little line in the gospel this week, at our text study this week, uh, one of the women that meets with us, one of our women pastors in the area, um, Deb, she says, uh, hey, that sounds like the Browns fans. <laughs> are you the one or are we to wait for another, right? <laughs> Next year, right? We're familiar with this phrase, right? And so, but, but, but we talked about that, and, and as, as goofy and as silly as that sounds, it's, it's not entirely out of what's going on here, right? Because what happens is John had said, you are the one. I put all my hope in you. And then when things went south, when the victory didn't come, not in the way that he expected it to happen. When, when, uh, when it didn't lead to him being appointed head of the Pharisees and Sadducees that he had chastised before, the leader, uh, the religious leader under Jesus for the new kingdom, when that didn't come about, when instead he was locked in a prison cell where, for speaking the truth about Herod and his wife, then he says, are you the one? Or should we look for another? Because what you're doing right now isn't working for me. Hmm. How dare John say such things, right? Doesn't he know better? Don't we? So what did Jesus... But look at what Jesus does in response to that question. He sends his disciples. He sends those who have seen something different. He sends those that have been following him. And if you read it, the whole, those eight chapters that came before, right, that we skipped over to get to this point, you know what happens in those eight chapters? Among other things, Jesus heals a blind person a deaf person, a lame person, a leper, and he raises someone from the dead and he brings good news to the poor. So Jesus says, go tell John what you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. The lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. And the poor have good news brought to them. Go tell them what you hear and see. Dear friends, we've been on both sides of this equation, haven't we? Faith is not a straight line. That's what we were talking about last week. Our path isn't straight. God's path is straight. We go back and forth between 
between trust and, and, and excitement and joy and doubt and despair and, and, and loss of hope. We, we go back and forth between those. But God continues to lead us as he leads the world. And our calling, God's calling, the Messiah's calling was never, never to save John from his trouble or you. It was instead to save the world from a vision that focuses too much on the small things in front of us and not enough on the life that God is bringing. Life that comes more often than not through struggle. Remember that list? Well, if you want to see the way that Jesus makes that see, you know what has to happen first? You're probably going to be blind. <laughs> you want to hear because of Jesus? It probably comes after you didn't hear. You want to walk with Jesus? It probably comes after you couldn't do it. You see, we want it to just work the other way. We want to be able to see, hear, walk, um, have good news, and, and get more life, right? That's what we want. But we don't want it to come after any of those other things. Jesus says, no, that's part of the story. And where we see and hear that happening, we have the opportunity to tell and proclaim what God is doing, not just what we are doing. God speaks to us a calling to trust him when we're in prison and when we're by the river when we're fulfilling our calling and when we can't imagine this could ever work out. Unless we beat up John too much, don't miss what Jesus says after he sends those disciples back to tell John about all of this. What does he say? <laughs> Who is John? Among those born of women, there is no one greater than he. That's an amazing thing for Jesus to say about somebody who just questioned his role as Messiah. <laughs> who, who just said, I'm not sure you're, you're cut out for this, Jesus. And Jesus returns by saying, there's nobody that has ever lived who, who is greater than John. But he adds one thing to it, doesn't he? Yet, even the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Because if it's about how great John is, he's nothing compared to how great God makes us who are part of God's kingdom, who see the world not based on our little part of it, based on the kingdom that God has opened us to, who see 
not with eyes that we've developed, but that have been opened by God. Not with ears that we've attuned, but that have been opened to God's word. A word that can speak to us even in our prisons. That says, even if this is all there is for me, God is still at work. And God will bring us to him. May God continue to speak into your life today, this week. And may, and may you have the opportunity to be a witness this week for someone else who in their trappings needs you to say, God is still at work. And we are, we are together. You are not alone. God is come. Amen.